when we do a financial challenge around Lakeland, we are after a powerful tool for discipleship. One of the first things that when we were deciding what the name of the campaign was going to be and I saw the word fearless, I thought, that's it. I am not going to be afraid. I think that selfishness was the worst thing you could experience if you're trying to serve Jesus. I now believe it's fear because even at the core of selfishness is a fear that God won't take care of us and won't do the things that he said he would do. This is a moment of trust. It is a moment where we say, am I going to trust God? Am I going to trust God with my money and my family and my finances? Um, am I going to trust God with my marriage, my child rearing? Am I going to trust God with everything that I have? Or am I going to hedge my bet and say, I, I better take care of things myself? The problem with that, with that fear, that fear of going without, is that it keeps us from the authentic spiritual life. So the campaign's called Fearless, but underneath are these three words, give, gather, go. And that's because we asked ourselves, what are the things that actually help people grow spiritually? Give may be the most obvious at the start of a financial challenge, but spiritually, giving puts you in a place where you can see God provide for you. You can see the scriptures come true. Gathering together is something we have seen make a tremendous difference in our lives and the lives of every Christian we could think of, to be in community. Go is the third word in that subtitle because we have all experienced the power of being displaced, of leaving our normal schedule, our normal lives, our normal culture, and experiencing God in a new place, in a new way. We're after something that no amount of Bible study can accomplish, no amount of serving in children's ministry can accomplish. It's probably the most powerful tool that we found around here for life change, and that is that we would uh, sacrificially give for the sake of somebody else, for something larger than ourselves. Fearless is different. It's a financial challenge, but not just. It has give, but it also has gather and go. It's taking us into these spiritual disciplines that for thousands of years have changed Christians and brought them closer to God. As a whole, as a church, we've literally changed the world in, in our corner of the earth. It, it's been awesome. Everything from China to, to Haiti to Liberia to the inner city and of course right here at 913 Northeast Colburn Road. That's why we continue to do the financial challenges, is because they're so life-changing. They're so powerful as a tool for discipleship. The best outcome for Fearless is that everyone prays, everyone hears from God, everyone sacrifices something for his mission. And at the end of the three years, it says that through all that, I grew closer to God, and through me, his work was done. Amen. Yes. Thank you, worship team. There are some mornings when I, oh, the way Lord God arranges things. Where it really, if you just sang all the songs and, and understood and that we could actually just, just go home. I think it's great. Every, every point in the message I'm going to make has already been made. So, 
But I took all the time to write this, so I'd just like to go ahead and say it if I could. Um, so we are here to celebrate the end of our Fearless Financial Challenge. So uh, Fearless uh, was uh, a goal we set as a congregation three years ago, that above our tithes and offerings, in addition to all of that, about uh, 200 families would raise another $1.3 million for specific ministries. So that began in 2014, and we are celebrating the end of that journey today. Now, of course, if you need another month to finish your pledge well, you certainly, you certainly have that. But we had to put a celebration somewhere on the calendar, and the way things laid out, today was the best day. So I want to start out saying, by saying thank you. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for stepping out in faith. And thank you for being faithful to the pledge that you made. To those who had unforeseen circumstances and could not make your original pledge, I also want to say thank you to you for being here this morning, for sticking around and not running away in fear or shame, because there is no fear or shame. Truth is, and we all know it, anyone could pledge small and play it safe. You know, well, I've got $20 on me, so I'll pledge $20. I know I'll finish it. Anyone could do that and play it safe. And that's, but that's not what we wanted. We are not a play it safe kind of church. So when you step out there in faith and it doesn't work out, then we also want to give grace. And I hope you have felt grace from your brothers and sisters here. I also want to say thank you to those of you who have had to make difficult decisions in order to complete your pledge. And uh, from those of you who are going to have to make some difficult decisions. As you look now here at the end of the campaign and you realize, uh, for some of you, God has already provided a way that you can still finish well. And you, of course, have that moment when you go, Aw, but I was going to do something else with that. <laughs> so, but pray for that. Pray about that and see uh, what God has for you in that journey. Uh, in Matthew 25, he said, Those who use well what they are given even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Underneath fearless for the last three years have appeared these three words, give, gather, go. You're probably familiar with those. Each year emphasized a different one of those words. That's because we wanted the fearless journey to be about all the things that change us the most. And nothing changes our soul as much as giving. You know, what we do with our money. Um, nothing changes our soul as much as gathering. The people we hang out with change our soul. And nothing changes our soul as much as going. Going to other places in the world and seeing the same God at work there in the same ways. So this has been a journey about growing spiritually. We have another video we want to share here of just a few stories from a few people who have been changed by Fearless and what God has done. So let's see what God has done through giving and gathering and going here together for a moment.
I think the fear that God set me free from and fearless is uh, financial security. So to participate in the campaigns is always a good thing to push back against that. Through gathering, I was able to speed up uh, developing bonds and friendships with others. We had only been at the church a couple of months and there was a men's retreat, so I went on that. Being kind of out in the middle of nowhere, you're pretty much forced to open up and, and share a little bit about yourself, start developing bonds. During Fearless, I think God set me free from the fears of sharing intimate details of, of my life or things that we're going through. By going to Haiti, God freed me from the fear of sharing Jesus's love, not just through words, but also through actions. When I see people tell their stories about going to Haiti or um, somebody at Veronica's Voice getting help, um, there's, there's something really neat about that because I helped do that. And uh, there's, a, there's a connection that connects me to a bigger body of believers. Through gathering, I was able to improve my spirituality, especially in uh, prayer, uh, learning about scripture, and really walking a Christ-like life. My spiritual journey deepened more. It's like there was a flame inside my heart. And when I went to Haiti, gasoline was just poured on it. And so my soul was just on fire for Jesus. And it's just spread all the way back into the States. Every day is more for Jesus. And I basically have just dove in to all of it. Well, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I went back to the 2014 talks that I had given as we began the fearless journey, and I found that they were all based on Matthew chapter 25. So if you have your Bible today and you want to open to Matthew chapter 25, we'll be looking at, at all of it eventually. Um, Matthew chapter 25 is kind of a sit up and take notice kind of chapter because it has all these stories. The first story Jesus tells is about 10 virgin bridesmaids who are supposed to be uh, part of this wedding celebration in which they wait outside this tent for the bridegroom to come back from a party, and they're supposed to all have these lamps lit. It's some tradition we don't do anymore, but, but, but that's what they did. Well, evidently one of these gals doesn't have enough oil in her lamp, so it's burned out by the time the bridegroom comes, so you know, she didn't do the tradition the right way. Jesus says he tells this story to tell us always to be ready for Christ's return to say you don't know when the bridegroom is returning, so be ready. The next story in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says there's a master who gives money to his servants, and then he goes on a trip. Some of his servants take that money, and they invest it in different work, and they earn a return on it, and when the master comes back, they, they show him the return they have earned. But there's this other servant who just buries it in the ground and doesn't do anything with it. Jesus says he tells this story to tell us that while you're waiting for Christ's return to do something with what God has given you. That's where he says, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And then Jesus says that all nations will stand before God when Christ return, and some will be brought into his kingdom, and some will be put away into an outer darkness, and that decision will be based upon this, verse 34. 
Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. From the creation of the world, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. So this is a good morning here at the end of the fearless uh, journey to say, did we do what we thought God was calling us to do for the last three years? Did we feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty? Well, we gave $31,900 to the Prodeo Youth Center. That's not primarily a starving children's ministry, but it does provide a family meal, many meals we're about to see, once a week for kids in our communities. Some of those kids are neglected. Some of those kids are undernourished. Some of them only eat junk food or fast food. But they got more than just that. They also got things for their mind and for their soul. They got tutoring. They got counseling. They took them on college visits. Tomorrow morning, some kids will be going to college classes and be the first one in their family to do so. We also sent $7,700 in beans and rice to Anapra, Mexico for the last three years. This provided good meals for over 40 families by the time the uh, campaign is coming to its end. And many of you added to those gifts, that, uh, other gifts, to provide needed items and provide a community library. You know, Christians have always championed literacy because of our scriptures, right? We always wanted the scriptures to be accessible. There are some languages on this earth that had no written form until Christianity came. And the missionary said, well, we'll have to leave you a Bible, so you're going to have to have a way to read it. So we'll invent writing for your language. And the Bible became the first book in, in those languages where that happened. So yes, yes, food for the hungry and more. Did we invite the stranger into our home, as Jesus said? I was a stranger and you invited me. We gave $5,000 to Veronica's Voice, a ministry that helps women leave the sex trade. That money was used to rehab a home where they can live rent-free during a, a couple-year program. And there they receive counseling for trauma. They receive rehab for addiction because no one winds up a prostitute without some serious hurt or loss in their past. They receive more than that, though. They also receive spiritual formation. I just got an email last week from someone who had done a Bible study with three gals from Veronica's Voice on a Friday night. Can you imagine doing a Bible study with three gals who were leaving prostitution? They also received job skills training for their future, for their career, for their homes, to start a new track. And that's a home to grow and flourish in. Now, you know, if you know the story of Veronica's voice, they had two other properties, um, but neighborhoods in Kansas City, Missouri, banded together to push them out. You remember this? This was all over the news. Their attitude was, yeah, it's great work to help prostitutes leave prostitution. Just, you know, do it somewhere else. But this neighborhood in Kansas City, Kansas, has welcomed them. We have given funds to help rehab that house as a way of saying, you're welcome here in our city. We want you to be well in our city. We want you to grow and thrive and live as the glory of God, showing what he has done in your life here in our city. So yes, I think... We welcome the stranger as Jesus would. The Eastland House, we gave $80,000 toward rehabbing a house that the Hope Center and Inner City Ministry wants to use to house their staff who will work in the inner city. Um, I wasn't alive in the 60s, 
So, I mean, I, I know history, but um, in my lifetime, racial tensions are the worst they've ever been. In my lifetime, they're the worst they've ever been right now. So for a church like ours to say, uh, we want to invest in inner city neighborhood. We want you to thrive. We want you to be successful. We want your neighborhood to have medicine and school and, and church. Um, I think it's an important message to be sent right now to say we're not trying to push you off to Grandview or push you off to Chicago or push you off to your cousins in Florida. We want you to be in our city and be neighbors. So yes, I believe we have welcomed the stranger and more. Did we clothe the naked and care for the sick? Right after we all made our pledges, the Ebola virus rocked um, Western Africa, including Liberia. Kathy Gutierrez had organized relief supplies, uh, including clothing, including medicine, a clothing that was originally gathered for the care of women with obstetric fistulas. Well, all of those supplies had to be commandeered for the more urgent and lethal Ebola crisis, and they were all used. So we gave $10,500 to Dignity Liberia for those efforts and clothed the naked and brought medicine to the sick. Did we visit the prisoner, as Jesus said? Back in 2014, we said that our form of visiting the prisoner would probably happen in China, that when the police came and confiscated the many Bible schools and shut them down, that we would help them and support them to to restart somewhere else. We're going to make the Chinese government play whack-a-mole with the church. You destroy it here, pops up there. Destroy it there, pops up there. We can do this all day. We can do this all day because our God is greater. And that's what we've done. Then there was an outbreak of peace. There was kind of a respite from persecution. And they could share the gospel almost anywhere for a time. But I want to let you know that was short-lived. Although the the news seems to think it has lasted. It has not. Just a few months ago, uh, they were raided by police and shut down again. And yes, our funds helped them restart the many Bible schools and training centers in other places almost immediately. $30,000 so far for the persecuted church in China. Three chapters after Matthew 25, Jesus then gives the Great Commission, the mission of the whole church. Matthew 28 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so we have poured $660,000 into continuing to buy this building, this place where we minister. We put 31000 into the sanctuary for that safety lift that, that, that we have. Um, we didn't advertise this because it was super dangerous. But uh, people used to climb this metal structure to re-aim these lights. So if we decided, like, oh, I want to preach up here this week, somebody had to climb out onto that thing. And, oh, it was a mess. So that lift has probably saved a life here somewhere in the future. Um, also, this screen, you'll remember, was non-functional for a little over a year behind me, and, and now it's working and telling the story of what God has done. Uh, during uh, the time of Fearless, eight adults were baptized and rededicated in Jesus' name. We also used $71,000 to air-condition our K-4 room and to totally redo our youth room into three large classrooms to share the gospel with the next generation. During Fearless, 39 children and youth were baptized and confirmed into Jesus Christ. So I believe we have also, to the best of our ability, used that money to fulfill Jesus' great commission. Also in 2014, during those talks, 
We said that we believed God would provide all the things that we were worried about. That God would never leave us out to dry because we had decided to try to be generous and obedient to his call. So this is a good time to ask yourselves, all of you who pledged, and you pledged big, did God show up? Whatever you were afraid for back then, whatever you were concerned about, did God show up? At our house, we were really worried about my student loan dragging on and on, and our house was looking interesting, you know. It either needed siding or paint. We, we didn't know enough to know which, but both were expensive. I'm grateful to say that God provided a way, and we wrote our last student loan payment several months ago, other than the house. We're debt-free. Um, also, uh, I'd love to, when I have more time, to tell you the miracle of how our house got painted, and, and it was a miracle God provided. What's your story? We had a line back then that says, you cannot wreck your life by taking three years to be generous. Has that borne out true? We also said back in 2014 that God's provisions would extend to our children. That God would not leave them to hang out to dry either. If they needed a car, God would provide a car. If they needed tuition, God would provide the means. If they wanted to be in activities and those activities would build something good into them, then God would provide a way. So everyone who pledged and you, and you didn't hold back, did God provide for your children? And on the night of the leadership commitment, when the leaders in the church went first and gave their pledges, we said that night that we were giving because it was the right thing to do. That three years later, when we saw how God had used this generosity, we would not regret having been a part of it. Verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Do you now regret it? It was a sacrifice, to be sure. It cost every one of us something. If your house was like mine, there was a time or two when there were tears. Why did we do this? I wish I never did it. but do you regret it this morning? We also said on that night three years ago that we were tired of fear. Here's exactly the words we said. We are giving this pledge tonight to throw that fear back into the face of hell and say to Satan and all the minions of hell, you can keep all this fear. We don't want it. We trust in the Lord God Almighty who always has cared for us and always will care for us and will provide siding and retirement and college tuition and everything else in this room that seems to hang in the balance tonight. This night is not about us. It's not even about our courage or fearlessness. It's about one thing, the faithfulness of God, the unshakable, unassailable faithfulness of God. And so here we are today to celebrate what God has done. Not to break our arms, patting ourselves on the back, for we know that God has greater things for us than fearless yet to do. 
but to celebrate today his unshakable, unassailable faithfulness. It was God who drew 47 teens and adults to himself so that they could be baptized and they could stand on that beach and say over and over again, God never gave up on me. It was God who protected the church in China and gave them a new place to share the gospel. It was God who made that room upstairs, not just where our youth are right now, but where people struggling with addictions of all sorts meet every Saturday and affirm that God never, ever gives up on us. God brought a community library to a Mexican neighborhood that lived in fear of violent drug gangs. Drug gangs that said, you can't have a library for kids in this neighborhood. You can't even walk the streets safely in this neighborhood. But the Lord God said, yes, you can. God made a place on Sunday where on weeks like last week, you could invite your friend and we could sit together. We could ask the most difficult questions of our faith. For his word says, come, let us reason together. God healed Liberia from Ebola and women from fistula. God made a place where your children and mine, even when they doubted God existed, found people who loved them anyway, and eventually a God who loved them more than they ever imagined. This place, this place where we do ministry week in and week out, where you're inviting your friends, is a place where we learn the joy, the joy of feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, visiting the imprisoned welcoming the stranger. Let's face it, without churches and churches like this, all those charities won't last. Most of their donors are Christian. Most of their donations come from churches. So it's very important to continue to spread the good news of Jesus Christ so that that good work continues in his name. Prodeo's 159 kids, 975 lunches, 1,900 dinners, 74 counseling sessions, 108 tutoring sessions, 240 caseworker meetings, 113 healthy lifestyle classes, 350 life skills classes. God did all of that, too. The Magdalene House for women who, uh, to leave prostitution. The pilgrims who went to Haiti to see God's love for orphans. God did all of that, too. In 2014, Pastor Dan told us that if we rope up with God, God will put a rope around our waist and take us into all sorts of places we never dreamed we'd go, doing all sorts of things we never dreamed we'd do, that it was part of the Christian faith and there was no escaping it. And so the $1.1 million that has come, that was God too. And the 200000 yet to come, that's also God. Because we didn't have it when we pledged it. God provided it. And the truth told, before you and I met Jesus Christ, we weren't the type of people who would have made a pledge like that in the first place. So even the fact that the pledge exists is a testament to the power of God to change your heart and change mine. And so we say with the Apostle Paul, glory to God who working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. I added a story in first service, and and I'll add it today, this service as well. Long time ago, I heard this Christian man speak. He was a grandfather. He was close to 70. He said he had had his toddler grandson staying with him, and they lived in this big old house. 
And his grandson got into an upstairs bathroom and closed the door and locked it. It was one of those old style, it was an old house. Remember those, they almost have the skeleton key looking key. And, uh, you know, once you get those doors locked, if you don't have the key, which was lost, you know, sometime during the Great Depression, you're not getting out. And uh, he tried, you know, to work that door. The hinges were not on the hallway side. He could not get his grandson out. The kid was in there just screaming in panic, trapped. So nearly 70-year-old grandpa goes outside and looks up, third-story window to that bathroom. So first he climbs the rose trellis and gets up as high as that'll take him. Then he gets himself up onto a little half roof and scoots his way up the shingles. By now, his heart is racing. His doctor said, don't have a heart that's racing in your condition. Then he gets to a rain gutter. He climbs up the rain gutter to the window, now slick with sweat. He reaches over, gets the kid to unlatch, tries to pull the window open. It was painted shut about 100 years ago. He finally breaks the paint seal, forces the window open, climbs in on the floor, reaches up, unlocks the door, and his toddler says, thanks, Papa, and runs off to play. (laughs) He collapses on the floor in a heap of panting and sweat. And he said in that moment, he realized that this is so often how we are with God. We're trapped and we're panicked. And he moves heaven and earth to save us. And then we just bounce on to the next thing. Hardly ever remembering there was a time we were trapped, a time we were terrified. So here we are at the end of the Fearless Financial Challenge, and we're going to give a a moment of silence. We owe this moment of silence to God to remember where we were and what he has done, how scared we were to step out in faith and how he has provided. We've got to reflect on this before we just bounce on to the next thing. Amen. Let's give a moment of silence to remember all that God has done. Amen. Amen. Well, let us give thanks together for and praise the Lord for all he has done. I'm Adam Lips. I'm one of the directors of Fearless. And this morning, we didn't want to just give a general thank you uh, for what you guys have done through Fearless. Um, but we wanted to let the, some representatives from each of the initiatives actually give a personal thank you for the lives that you've touched over the past three years. Um, so as a director of K-12 through ministry here at Lakeland, I get to start. Uh, I represent on partly uh, all of 913 Northeast Colburn Road this morning. And as you can see on the board behind me, we've done a lot of great things here at this facility through Fearless. But specifically, I represent this morning uh, and, and thank you on behalf of the students I thank you first for the very practical but very important and necessary gift of an air conditioning unit for our K-4 through room. And I thank you also for the amazing gift of the youth room. Uh, It is truly an awesome space, and I truly believe it's a space that makes our students feel loved and valued by this congregation. So thank you, Lakeland. Good morning. I'm Katie Schultz, and I'm here to thank you for the work that we've done with the NAPRA through Fearless. 
There's a lot of families just across the border who aren't sure that they're going to be able to feed their children every day. I can't imagine what that must feel like. But through Fearless, we were able to provide rice and beans every month to about 50 families so that at least they knew their kiddos were going to get a little bit of rice, a little bit of beans. That means the world to moms and dads out there. Because God goes above and beyond, uh, it wasn't just rice and beans that we were able to accomplish over the last three years, but we also built a library and have been able to double its size because of the interest that the community had in learning. There's children that are sitting on the laps of their moms, and they're teaching their moms to read. So thank you, Lakeland, for what you've done for NAPRA. Hello, Lakelanders. Uh, this is Jack, and we are very thankful uh, because we have you in our life and in our uh, ministry. And uh, your concern and the prayer, you know, walked us through many years. And uh, your support made our ministry and life uh, without uh, any worry. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. you are my family. You know, we, we, we love you and we are not alone because we know uh, you pray for us and you support us and you concern about us. Bless all of you uh, to have a wonderful and a balanced life in 2017. God bless you. Bless we miss you. you. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Kathy Gutierrez, and I wanted to thank you on behalf of Dignity Liberia. Um, specifically, you make sure that we have medical supplies that we need to use when we're there. It's very difficult to get good medical supplies. And during Ebola, um, I discovered on the last trip that we were one of the very few containers that ever made it over to make an impact on the, on the uh, people who were sick with Ebola. So thank you. Hi there. I'm Gary Kanabi, and I'm representing the Eastland Society. And um, I really, in just a limited amount of time, cannot possibly tell you what inroads we're making down there. It's a, it's a tough project. It's rebuilding, you know, silk purse, thousand of the earth kind of thing. And, but it's, it's starting to really come together, and we do thank you, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm Jamie Davis, and I have had the opportunity to travel several times to Haiti, and I've been able to witness the impact of what it means to go and be with someone, both for those who go and those who welcome them. Um, but not everyone can go, and through Fearless, you made it possible for 10 of our young adults uh, to go to Haiti last year, and uh, they carried with them your love and your prayers Uh, your voices to sing songs, and your arms to uh, hold and love these children. So on behalf of those who went and those who welcomed them, I thank you. My name is Jen Beard, and on behalf of the nearly 7,500 individual visits that teens made to Prodeo over the last three years, I'd like to say thank you. Um, The Fearless Challenge was able to uh, provide a renovation of a space that we now call home and so there's a safe and loving and welcoming place where teens can gather and be supported and know that um, people in the community love them and it's given us not only a place for them but a place for us to grow our staff and for that we're grateful thank you my name's Megan Hunter, and on behalf of Veronica's Voice and Magdalene House, for $5,000, you not only helped create a space for people to shower and sleep, but you held space for them to grieve, 
to work through issues, right? To be happy um, and to feel loved. And so for that, we say thank you. And as one of the directors of Fearless, I want to extend a big, big, big thank you to you. It's been an honor and a privilege to walk beside you, um, to see how God has moved, not just in you individually, but in you as a group. Um, we, we are honored. Thank you for your work, and we can't wait to see what you do next. Would you all pray with me? Lord, we pray that we've heard from you during Fearless. We thank you for what you are doing in the world. We thank you that we get a chance, an opportunity to join with you in that mission. May this only be the start of our journey to see what you're doing in the world and to make it look a little bit more like your kingdom. God, replace our fear with love. We ask everything in your powerful and faithful name this morning. And we all said, amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We'll take everything the fearless journey has done, the good and the bad, the highs and the lows, and let it do what God meant for it to do in your heart. Okay. In that fearlessness, go forth. Amen.